Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Georgians. Hello, global citizens. And hello, concerned Americans. My name is Varun Karathala, and I'm the current co-host of the Politician Podcast, which myself and my high school best friend Damian Galvin created in June of this year to talk about issues that interest us, issues that disgust us, and issues that America needs to know about. In other words, myself and Damian created this podcast to deconstruct public policy issues of the past and the present and create a more equitable future for all of us. We have a very, very special episode queued up for you guys, but before we play this episode, we're going to give a special thank you to our sponsor, Patreon, and our wonderful team here at Politician, which includes high school juniors Jada Pilling, Yi Shen, and Julia Hartman. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and we hope that you enjoy. See you in the episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was outside of my local gym, and I saw... Almost 50 signs, I would say, from Democratic candidates and Republican candidates alike. So a lot of enthusiasm. I think the early voting did kind of, you know, shy that down as we're coming to the last day here. But I think it's also very, very, very an anxious day for many people, a nervous day for many people. I think, you know, myself, my mom waited in line for, I think, two hours yesterday, the cold in Illinois. And she was like, I have never been more excited to wait in the cold in my life. <laughs> and I was like, and that's well, in Illinois. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Illinois. You know, it's, it's, it's always cold. So it's a lot of enthusiasm. I just want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's really great here. I think most people here really did what we basically asked them to do. Either uh, uh, apply for an absentee ballot and then really turn it in early, or uh, really, if they didn't want to do it or didn't get the absentee ballot in time, went and voted early. We called a few people this morning who still had outstanding absentee ballots, and uh, they all said they already voted. So um, I think everybody who actually was encouraged or wanted to vote actually is coming out to vote today. And we just have to see whether this is going to be, in, at least in my district, um, around the 70%, 75%. We're not quite sure of this. I think the 80% some expected is, is a little bit high. Um, uh, but but any turnout in the we already we already exceeded turnout of 2016 and and uh, have very high turnout so it's uh, that that's very encouraging to see that so many really people really want to participate in the democratic process and a lot of young people so very excited yeah, about absolutely. that yeah it's really exciting yeah i think we can drag in some of our first student guests angelica we have high school juniors alana murray and evan patterson from our school i'm gonna ask you some questions so if you don't mind i'm gonna drag in evan real quick sure awesome evan you are live with angelica if you want to unmute yourself and introduce yourself to the representative hey um good to meet you i'm evan patterson um I don't live in Johns Creek, but I am there a lot. So I'm glad to say that I would like to know more about your platform and everything. And so I have a couple questions about that whenever y'all are ready. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Anytime. Shoot for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, starting off, I see that you are on three different committees, um, higher education, small business development, and natural resources and environment, correct? That is correct, yes. Okay, those are what my questions surrender, uh, go around, I mean, um, since that's basically what you do. Um, so the first question is regarding higher education. Um, what's your opinion on the current private sector of Georgia? And do you think we should more push for public education or private education? 
Well, the Higher Education Committee mainly deals with, with the public education part of Georgia education. We touch private colleges as well with some regulations, but we mainly talk about uh, what we're going to do with public education in Georgia. And uh, uh, public higher education in Georgia has become very strong in recent years. And I'm a strong supporter of public education. I, um, simply because that's the only way we can we can really provide and offer uh, a broad um, uh, and diverse group of students the ability to really find 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 or pursue the education they like and want and uh, educate the workforce the state needs for the future. So uh, I really think we need to invest more in higher education. Uh, I always uh, say that we now have a merit-based HOPE scholarship, which really drives uh, a lot of outstanding, which, which uh, contributes to the fact that a lot of outstanding students really decide to stay in Georgia and not leave the stage, which is great. But uh, uh, to really broaden broaden the spectrum and broaden the, the the student body we need to add on a, a, a needs-based hope scholarship and let's not forget that initially the hope scholarship was was not merit-based it was actually needs-based so we kind of like need to add on to that to make sure that all the students who really want to go for a college education have the have the have the financial resources to do so of course of course and then going off of your platform regarding quality education, I saw that you um, supported raising teacher wages. Um, yeah. Considering that their average right now is about 55K in Georgia, how high of a raise would you think is considered quality when it comes down to teachers in Georgia? I, I don't like to say it to say it in like like uh, numbers like that because it all depends on where you live and what the what the the cost of living is. So you cannot, for example, you cannot compare a teacher wage in Georgia with with a person in New York. Uh, New or um, so. Um, and what we did in Georgia, which was really great, and there was bipartisan support, we raised the teacher salaries by three thousand dollars. Um, then we and Governor Kemp uh, had initiated uh, another raise of $2,000 so that we overall would have a raise of uh, teacher salaries by $5,000, which would have been a significant increase over overall. And uh, we all supported this, but then the pandemic hit and we had to cut the budget, so we could not do that. Uh, so, and that it causes a problem in Georgia because we do have issues with teacher retention, with hiring good teachers, and the, the, the pandemic pretty much threw all the things we were going for up in the air. And we basically, when we come back into session in January, we have to regroup and see how we how we find the the funding to that we can find the funding to increase teacher salary because right now um, due to uh, a decrease in revenue it is we're not there we don't have to at least I don't see that so um, we have to see how the latest revenue numbers are but um, due to the pandemic I don't think that we can do that. So while the goal is still there to increase teacher salary, because I think this is what we have to do if we want to have higher quality teacher, retain quality teacher, and provide a really great quality education, how we're going to fund this will be the question in the upcoming years for Georgia public schools. I, I completely agree. 
Um, and then going to COVID-19 and the entire pandemic itself, uh, I want to talk about small business. Um, how do you think Georgia should go about saving and rebuilding small businesses after their big hit from the pandemic, after the pandemic, I mean? Yeah, there, there we really, really need to need to find uh, good ways to help small businesses. One of the issues is that many of the small businesses uh, were dependent of help from the federal government. So the the um, the PPE loans that didn't go through to some of them. So the way I see it, and and that is because small businesses right now need money to survive because they cannot. Not all small businesses, but but those who are especially specifically hit or especially hit by the pandemic. For example, those are all small businesses in the hospitality industry, like uh, tourism, restaurants, um, entertainment. Those are especially hit very hard, and they cannot, they just cannot do the business as they are used to do it right now. So they are in transition time until we can go back to having like concerts again or feeling comfortable going to restaurants again and doing all the things we did until basically uh, February, March 2020. Uh, and the only way we can do this in Georgia right now is, is, is if we, we need more help from the federal government because simply put, Georgia does not have the funding to do that. So that is number one. So we need to, to so I, I hope that Washington gets the act together and, and really provides some more help for small businesses. And the other thing is what we need to do for small businesses, we need to find a better way to provide um, healthcare coverage for employees. Uh, small businesses cannot, or many, especially the small ones that have less than 150 or less than 50 or less than 10 employees, for them, it's very hard to provide any benefits for, for the employees. And, and the, the plans are getting very, very expensive. So we just have to find opportunities that uh, better ways that we can cover those employees. We pro they, they have an opportunity to get quality uh, access to quality health care um, and insurances they can afford. Uh, that that would help those businesses too. And the third thing is we still have to think about um, transportation. Uh, small businesses, uh, especially in the hospitality industry, are where the, the, the workforce is not highly skilled and um, not uh, super highly paid. They are dependent or those workers are dependent on on quality and on easy access to transportation and many areas in, 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 in Georgia don't have that yet. Uh, leaving more people behind. So those are the three things where we have to walk, work, work on so that we can really rebuild the future for small businesses. And we're generalizing. I mean, there there's a broad variety of small businesses. Um, uh, but uh, that would be my, my three things I would say we, we need to touch first. Oh, yeah. Transportation, I didn't even think about, but that, that makes so much sense to me. Um, and now the final topic would have to be um, about natural resources. And one of the few things that I've really been looking into lately is nuclear energy, considering it makes up around 26% of the energy produced for Georgia. So what are your thoughts on nuclear energy in Georgia? And do you think we should start leaning towards nuclear energy or away from nuclear energy? Oh, that is a very interesting question because the nuclear energy is solely driven and, and negotiated and that's Georgia Power. And uh, as you may know, Georgia Power is building 
two uh, reactors at Plant Vogel. One is supposed to get on online by the end of 2021, and we are not sure whether that's going to happen or not. They are way over budget, and uh, um, this is a project where people behind closed doors or not just there say it's a big project. This was one of these, these super reactors we're building there. Um, that is so big and so huge, nobody would build something like this anymore. But it's also too big to fail right now. So Georgia and has invested so much in it that it's probably getting on the grid uh, within the next couple of years. Um, some people say nuclear is a good alternative as as um, as um, uh, clean energy or. And I'm very very cautious with this assessment and and. And my reasoning is as long as we do not have a good solution of what we're going to do with nuclear waste, we are really playing with the future of our, our planet. And let me give you an example. I had the opportunity to visit Plant Vogel in uh, last year. I think it was, was it this year? No, it was last year, last year, October, November. And it's a fascinating project. Uh, Engineering-wise, it's absolutely mind-boggling what they're putting there together. But when you drive around there and they show you this, um, um, I don't know if you're aware, uh, but uh, the way they store the nuclear waste is um, they store it in big... Yeah, I would say it looks like uh, oversized beer kegs. <laughs> and it's like, really huge. And they, they, they store them above ground. Um, behind uh, super secured fences and uh, when i asked um uh, them uh, georgia uh, georgia uh, the, the plant vocal people there so what is happening with the nuclear waste um so you, can you still hear me yes yeah yeah Okay, yeah, we got yes, yep. Something went dark on my laptop here. So, what, what is it? How, how are we going to deal with this? So, what are we going to do with the nuclear waste? They said, Well, we are still thinking about this. And um, so, the question for me is the lifespan of a nuclear power plant is around 80 years. So, you all are very smart kids, so tell me what's the lifespan of nuclear waste is, the halftime of nuclear waste. Uh, um, <laughs> I'll leave this one to Varun. I know it's longer than 80 years. Uh, about that's it's, I apologize. It's definitely longer than 80 years. Yeah. So basically the answer is that the answer that, 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 that we got from Georgia Power at the time was, and that was not a satisfactory answer for me, was, well, um, and that was just one one person there. Well, they said, well, we are pretty sure that scientists will figure out a way how to deal with this. So that is not a satisfactory answer for me, because as long as we haven't figured out what we're going to do with the nuclear waste, how we can safely either recycle or restore whatever do with it, we are playing with fire and I don't. And, and for that, I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar plan. While we now have safer alternatives that are being developed and rapidly progressing like solar and wind. So uh, I would much rather see that we invest more in solar and maybe wind where it makes sense. See, Georgia is probably better, a better state for solar. And we already expanded a lot of this. Then investing in risky nuclear power. I, however, 
maybe we come to a point where, where, where science and engineers give us a satisfactory answer. That is not my expertise. So I probably think a nuclear engineer would give you a different answer. But this is where I think we need to be very, very cautious right now. Um, as you may, I don't know if you know, but I'm originally from Germany and Germany is getting out of nuclear power totally. They expanded their green energy and clean energy grid significantly. And uh, so I think we, while we have so much potential to expand in clean energy here in Georgia, um, going into more nuclear, I would feel that is not uh, probably too expensive and too risky at the point, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. well, that's all from me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the amazing questions, Evan. Thank you Evan. so much, Evan. No amazing questions. Great there questions, though. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, amazing answers. Yeah, it's you, super it's super interesting because we were talking with Simon Anholt before. Um, let me just fix yeah. up the screen here. We were talking with uh, Simon Anholt before, you know, you jumped on the podcast. And he was talking about how it can be kind of bearing as the next generation to have all of these issues put upon us, right? It feels yeah. like we have to be the next generation to solve all this stuff. And when they say, uh, you know, scientists will figure this out eventually, what they what they're trying to say is the next generation's got this we'll make the mess we'll make the mess and and you guys and, and figure you know, it out the interesting thing is that your episode your last thing was like you have the responsibility that was your last quote to young voters and his last quote was very similar he talked about how we have the responsibility because yeah. we are the next generation so it's a lot of parallels go ahead Damien. yeah no i think that it's just it's just a it's interesting to see how how much uh, because you know a lot of young people talk about this uh, this idea that oh I don't need to be politically involved or I can't vote so why why watch the podcast right why um why listen to CNN why listen to Fox News why whatever right right why read um, but then you have these conversations and you realize that uh, you might not want that that nuclear power plant being built in the state of Georgia because um, it might be your kids or you dealing with the repercussions of it yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and and the other things is, I mean, you have to have a nuclear power plant close to a water source for yeah. the cooling. And I, one of the other things was, what's what's what if something happens with the water uh, supply around this power plant? Yeah. Um, there's there's there there are a lot of risks where where I mean we can think about like how it could be safe and I'm not so concerned that actually something would happen like in Fukushima or so that is rather unlikely or in Chernobyl uh, by the way uh, uh, you're probably too young but I was around when Chernobyl happened I was fortunate enough to be in the U.S. at that time but that that uh, impacted Europe for for a yeah. very long time and and I remember we couldn't eat berries that were outside and you couldn't eat uh, all kinds of stuff you couldn't do because it was it was uh, considered to be contaminated for a very very long time so i'm not too concerned about that anymore because these facilities are, are engineered differently and and seem rather safe i'm my biggest concern is really what are we going to do with the nuclear waste because that is a big big question mark that's still not really in my mind, solved. If if there now comes an engineer, I, well, I here is I here's what we do with it, and it's it's gonna, I don't know, save us millions of dollars and make us a better world. Well, I'm all for it, but I haven't heard that. So, <laughs> nuclear yeah, uh, engineers and physicists, please come forward and and enlighten me. Is is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
We talk about question marks. I think be, perhaps an even bigger question mark is how are we going to deal with this existential threat that we know to be climate change, right? And we're talking about how there's a lot of uncertainty about nuclear waste, but I think my biggest uncertainty is how are we going to, you know, bridge that gap? Do we have enough things to actually work to, you know, uh, end climate change and, you know, help the environment right now, here and now? So do you think that we have enough and to you, what is the solution, whether it's now or in the future, what is our solution for our generation? Well, we need to uh, uh, reduce our carbon footprint ASAP as soon as we can. Uh, if we, the, the sooner we find, find uh, uh, a good way to re reduce carbon emissions, the better. And there are a lot of really good ideas. So that's why, why, why clean energy is so important. I'm a big supporter of Biden's clean energy plan because it's, 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 it's a step in the right direction. We can argue if things could go faster, but, but, um, uh, that we went out of the, of the Paris climate uh, agreement. I, I think that was, I don't think that was a wise decision that sent the sun wrong signal to the world. So we have to go back and really invest in clean energy and make sure that we reduce our carbon footprint. Um, there, the, 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 the good thing is that, for example, I'm not sure if you're aware, but for example, when we talk about uh, cars, in the next 10 years, uh, we probably will convert from um, gas combustion engines to electric cars mainly. Uh, and the, the, the auto industry is already preparing for that so that as of 2021, you will see a lot more electric cars being brought on the market for the broader uh, consumer. So for, for, for not just so, so, so let's going away from mainly, let's not just target the Tesla people, but really, like really, I mean, the, 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 the Nissan Leaf was, was, was uh, one, one example. And uh, we had a lot of electric cars here in Georgia once, as long as we had the tax break, then the tax break um, expired and all of a sudden uh, the advantage people had, uh, uh, it, that went away. So we have to reintroduce the tax break for um, electric or hybrid vehicles to make sure that we give people incentives to do the switch sooner than later. Absolutely. So they, in the next 10 years, you will see a lot of changes in the ways how we do transportation in, 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 in the world, not just in, in Georgia or the US, but in the world. And, and that combined is more electric vehicles with uh, more public, public transport. I think that's going to be a big step in the right direction, helping us at least cap or reduce our carbon emissions and slowly uh, uh, reversing the, the, the accelerated um, global warming trend we're seeing right now. Uh, so that's my hope. And, and honestly, the pandemic right now is, 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 is actually helping that cause. So <laughs> yeah, it is, it really is. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you see it just, just the way how people drive less. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so there's a, there are a lot of things to do and a lot of things we can yeah. incentivize as the state. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm going to drag Alana Murray. I, I actually misspoke before. I, was, I said she was a junior in high school. She is a senior. So she has a lot of questions for you about the education she's going to be walking into. But before that, I wanted to say the pandemic 
while I believe it has been good for the environment in terms of decreasing driving and decreasing plane traveling, I think that one of the biggest things is that the pandemic has also allowed the Trump administration to decrease the regulations upon yeah, yeah. the environment. And so the, yeah. it kind of plays both ways, but that's something to discuss at a later segment. Let me drag Alana <laughs> in and she can ask her questions. It's a very complicated topic, very complicated topic. <laughs> While I believe it has been good for the environment in terms of decreasing driving and so I'm going to tell her to uh, take away her echo, but Damien, you can continue. Yeah. Uh, no, what I was going to say is Alana is also a first time voter. Um, this yeah. is something that she is very, she's very proud of. Um, she just, I think she turned 18 a couple months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So she's been, she's been excited about the fact that she voted. I think she voted two days ago, if I'm not, or three, four days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So, so it's something exciting for her. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's she exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she came to school. She was like, I voted. And I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is exciting. It is super exciting. We're Yeah, we're two years away, yeah. and, and it feels like it couldn't be further away, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, in two okay. years, you can participate in the next gubernatorial election. So it will be an exciting, another exciting election year. So Definitely will be. Definitely will be. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting race, to say the least. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of education, what do you think about Joe Biden's like purported plan to make all community colleges and public education free for those making under one twenty five thousand dollars a year? Uh, I think it's an excellent idea. I mean, y you know that technical college education in Georgia is pretty much free already, and yeah. I think it's 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 an excellent idea because those are the folks uh, give them the opportunity to learn. Um, uh, and get into the job quickly. Uh, I, and and I'm, I'm, you kind of like talking to the wrong person because I went to school in Germany where education is free. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a product of free education. So, and it worked very well for me and yeah, my yeah. family because uh, to give you the background, when I went to school and to college, my dad was unemployed for his longest time. Uh, and without having access to public uh, education and the tuition is free. We, I still, we, you still have to take care of your own living expenses, but that provided at least uh, the the environment that uh, the, the framework that I could go to college and finish my 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 degree and really didn't have to worry about it whether I can do it, uh, how I do it, and whether I can do it or whether I can afford it or not, uh, and and really also take advantage of great programs while I was there, and. Uh, and not worry so much about financials or paying back student loans. And that's the biggest advantage. I never had to worry yeah. about paying back major student loans. Yeah, student loans are another thing. Uh, another, just a completely another issue. We got we got the burden of all, all this different stuff, like nuclear energy yeah. and stuff, and then we got to pay off our <laughs> student loans while we're doing it. Exactly. And, 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 and now we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you need to find the cure for cancer in the pandemic. <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. Here, no here, us going into college and colleges charging money for virtual education. That's the exact same as in person. So it's very difficult. The problem. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring in a lot of because I think she. Yeah. Go ahead. Did Alana have a question or? Um... She did. Yes. I'm going to drag her in because I think she killed her echo now. So we're good to go. Are you good, Alana? Hello. Can you hey, hear me? Yeah, we can yes, hear you. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Amazing. Hello, Angelica. How are you? It's great to hey, see Alana, you. Hey, Alana. I'm doing good. And and I acknowledge that you are a senior and not a junior. That's a big difference. <laughs> yes. Can I have a question about higher education? 
because I yes. am a senior, I have been looking into colleges and cost, of course, is a very big concern for my family. I actually do, um, I am able eligible for Zelle, which helps cover my tuition, but my family is also a bit concerned about housing costs, food costs, meal plans. Of course, higher education still costs money, even with the um, privileges that Georgia students are able to get. So my question is, especially since you do have a um, area in education and you're concerned with quality education, do you know how, um, do you have plans or what do you think should we do to also help make sure that the higher education is not only high quality, but also affordable? Yeah, so uh, I can tell you that that if you are a Zell Miller candidate, please apply. That is a fantastic program and will really take the biggest burden of financing off you. So the only problem you is, <laughs> but um, so I say Georgia is already doing quite a bit because if 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 you get to Zell Miller, I think tuition payments are not that that much of a, of a deal it's very hard for 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 the state to to say to take away also uh the the cost for the, the cost of living expenses so um we kind of have to look into it my biggest concern is that in the last years not in the last two years but in the last years before tuitions and cost of college have significantly increased and disproportionately so i would like to see that we make sure that the costs are really staying where they are and they don't, don't get any higher because uh, if, if, if the college education cost for a college education exponentially rises higher than for example uh, wages for 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 people in, in 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 the state then we get a discrepancy that just would benefit a certain group of people and that is not the purpose of a public education the purpose of public education is to provide an education for as many eligible uh, uh, students in the state and so that we get the quality workforce so I definitely am open to discussing it but I cannot at the moment cannot give you any details right now because as I said before this pandemic threw out all the planning for education purposes for quite a bit um, so I may have a better idea when we go back into session in January of course, I completely understand this pandemic is ruining everything in so many ways. <laughs> but I do have another question regarding uh, your healthcare policies. I was looking on your platform and noticed how you also mentioned mental health, and that's a very big concern for me. I have a lot of friends who um, have, have mental illnesses and have to deal with that. So I just wanted to ask more about your platform and what you are doing regarding mental health in the state. Yeah, so healthcare-wise, one thing is I want I want the state to do. Oh, there's an echo again. I want the state to do is to expand Medicaid now, and that would bring more access of uh, to affordable healthcare to over four hundred thousand people. The other thing is we need to find a way that mental health coverage um, or the cost for mental health becomes more, uh, gets more into the coverage of insurers. And I don't know what we can do as a legislator, but I'm speaking from personal experience because uh, both of my daughters, uh, especially one of my daughters, is uh, needs a lot of help. And... Uh, we were fortunate enough to afford her uh, or, or give her the, the the counseling she needed, but um, 
for many people that is just not possible. So uh, we need to get more counselors in the schools so that we give students an opportunity. And, and I mean mental health counselor, not, not college counselors, whatever. Yeah. We need yeah. more mental health counselors into the schools so that we really help students to deal with the stress and with the anxiety. And I totally get it. The, the current time is in, in addition to having the the stress for for success that you have in school for the the good scores so that you qualify for this and that um that is already stressful in itself but in addition to that having a pandemic having the stress of not knowing what what the future brings job wise and in addition to that having the the the, the, the i don't know the uh, unsolvable issue of climate change ahead of you i mean that is just too much so we need to find a way how we help young people to really not just freak out about it all the time and believe me i i, I know what i'm talking about because i've seen it in my family so, yeah. and so and and i think one of the things is like um uh, i want to see is and that's happening right now and again the pandemic i, I would like to take away as testing stress in schools um really do away with too much testing um also, um, maybe ask colleges to really uh, uh, re review their need for having SAT or SAT scores. Um, because for college admissions, and uh, you may be aware that some Ivy League schools or some schools uh, already say they don't make it a requirement anymore. Um, oh. Because that adds additional stress, which I don't think is necessary. And it's also very costly. So. Um, that would be one thing I said where, where I would really hope that we can, can 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 get to. But we are not discussing at the state level the the overall curriculum either in in, in schools. We we have limited influence on this. For us, the main thing is funding. How do we fund those schools? So I would very much support any measure that would provide more funding for mental health counselors for schools. Uh, and I would like to see it in in in, in middle and high schools, uh, and uh, because colleges already have a little bit different resources, they already have some mental health counseling there. Um, so this is where I would would like to see the state to do more. Yeah, absolutely, if absolutely. If someone finds the golden goose. <laughs> so. Is there a? Oh, let's see. Did uh, did Rune freeze? Can everyone hear me? I'm good to go. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. Your your video is a little frozen. Uh, was there any more questions from you, Alana? Hello. Okay, I think that that was a uh, that that must. I mean, be... we're we're good to go. We can hear Alana. Oh, you can. Okay, for me, she's muted. Apologies, yeah. apologies, apologies. You can continue, Alana. For jumping on it means a lot for to know that you're welcome it's always great to be here with you guys and i'm always so excited to see so many young people being interested asking great questions and don't stop asking those questions and uh keep doing what you're doing you're doing great and you, what one one thing i tell you i told was it's going to be fine eventually so <laughs> yeah Yep. It's gonna be fine eventually. Maybe we get we get some good news tonight, uh, and that will give all of us a little bit more hope and optimism. 
Yeah. Thank you again. All right. See. And the oh. pandemic, we I'm pretty sure that we we by then we have to deal another another I would say half a year with it. But by the time we have a vaccine available that we can give to people to to many people, um, we're gonna get over this. So it, it's just like it's it's. It's something uh, we we didn't know that we would have to deal with it in our lifetime. Well, actually, we kind of like saw the risk, but now we always thought it wouldn't be us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Alana, for the questions. Great time having you on. I'm gonna be back in the waiting room. Yeah, I mean, the president said we have a vaccine by election day, and it's election day. I'm wondering where my vaccine's at. Yeah, that's that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. You know, Obama saw it. Obama and Biden had a playbook. He got the playbook yeah. and he kind of fumbled the bag. So it's very, very interesting to see what's happening right now. But for, I just want to, first of all, say thank you so much for hopping on with us. We know it's Absolutely. past our time to interview you, but it was a great conversation. Great questions from our guests, our listeners. But uh, we're going to have this on our, on our episodes page for Spotify and Apple Podcasts and things like that as a election special. So um, thank you so much once again for hopping on, Angelica. Anytime, Varun, Damien, uh, always a pleasure being with you and uh, looking forward to talking to you soon again. Have a great day and Absolutely. keep your fingers crossed for tonight. Yeah, we definitely will. Yeah. Good luck on your re-election yeah. campaign. Thank you. Enthusiasm is definitely in our favor. So we are, uh, are looking forward to an exciting evening to see how everything turns out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, election night is, I think, a, a little nerve wracking. I think we, you know what, Varun, just to take a different approach to this, we just ended uh, the, the the interview with Ted Terry talking about the electoral yeah. college map. We gave him his own little electoral college map to fill out. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm thinking we, we go down the same route. For those of you listening to the podcast uh, in post, uh, what we're doing is we're pulling up an electoral college map here for, uh, you know, hopeful representative Olenzek to, to fill out. Um, and, and just give us your predictions for what's going to happen tonight on the national scale. We'll have this on our YouTube as well for any of you guys who want to watch the actual thing happen yep. as it unfolds. But let's go ahead and make some predictions, guys. Okay. So, so, yes. <laughs> so this is what it looks like as per current polling data. And so as you kind of give us some predictions, we'll kind of go in and update what the map's going to look like. Damien's going to do that. We'll see live how the changes affect the electoral map and how this election pans out. So first of all, let's begin locally. What do you think? Do we do you think we have a blue wave, a blue surge in Georgia, or do we have Georgia sticking with Republicans? I think I think it's going to be very close, but I have a I have I, I'm going to say we're going to go with a blue wave um, and pull ahead. I think again it's going to be very close, but um, I do think that the energy is there, and I think that we learned from 27 or 2018, um, and the numbers for early voting and over overall voting have been tremendous. So I'll say Georgia's going to go blue. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I yes. agree with you. What What about the <laughs> we asked we asked Ted about this as well. Um, what do you think about the the Senate election here? I, I, I thought it was going to be close, but if, if what happened in the Senate debates between, um, Ossoff and Purdue made their rounds, like I suspect they have, um, I think that, I think, I believe Ossoff will pull ahead. And I think of course we'll have a runoff between Warnock and either Collins or Loeffler. Okay. Awesome. Well, awesome. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, this is even contention, but do you think Warnock can maybe pull away and get 50% of the vote or is that beyond our imagination 
I I can dream about that one. I don't know if he'll get fifty percent <laughs> because the other two are the other two are pretty split, right? So right. yes, I, I I can dream and put it out in the universe and yeah, hope that 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 happens. So what that are we, would all be we can, all we can do amazing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. What are we thinking about? Either way, uh, I think if if we're not goes to a runoff with either one of those, yeah. I still think he has a very good chance. Yeah, I, I mean he's yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. I, I expect he's, he's a local celebrity. Uh, I exactly. had a chance to watch Warnock a couple of days ago, and he's a celebrity <laughs> in our community. People love him, so yes, I think he has a pretty good chance at a runoff as well. I yeah, do agree. too. Absolutely. So, <laughs> what are we thinking about Arizona? Talking about a, a local hero. What? Are, why not a national hero? We got an astronaut running in the uh, in the Senate election there for Arizona. What do we think it's going to look like um, nationally for for Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump here? I I honestly think that Arizona is going to go for um, Joe Biden as well. Okay. Uh, I think that Mark Kelly has a lot of. Uh, a lot of respect and honor behind him. And uh, I, I really feel that way as well with all the numbers that they've been pulling and, and just hearing from the state, um, knowing, you know, they had McCain before. And I think right. that they'll, they'll go Biden because, you know, they also want respectable, you know, um, patriotic uh, representation as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. Varun was mentioning at the same point with, uh, with John McCain. Uh, what do we what about a uh, let's go with Ohio next Ohio I'm really okay I'll just do both Ohio and Pennsylvania I am very split on okay. I think um I feel like if either one of them has a chance to go blue it might be Ohio um yeah. but I really think that they are going to be too close to call uh until we get some of those final numbers in um, I am thankful for the court case that's going to allow the Pennsylvania votes to count. So I'm yeah. proud of our judges for upholding our right to vote. Um, so hopefully that will make the difference because it doesn't matter whether it was an absentee or mail-in ballot. It's a vote and it should count. So. Yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you think about the Wisconsin decision they made, uh, the court made to invalidate any ballot received after November 3rd and between November 9th, even though it was postmarked for November 3rd? I, I think that when you put your vote in uh, for, so for example, we're going to look at Texas and what they were trying to do to those hundred and something plus thousand voters who did the drive through voting at the time they placed the vote. These were the rules and those are the rules that should be followed. You shouldn't have your vote invalidated after you have cast it. Yeah, um, right. I, I think that uh, the Trump keeps talking about the shenanigans, right? With mail-in ballots and all of the shenanigans that can happen, but the shenanigans are happening right now by the GOP and the 40 plus lawsuits that they have filed to try to suppress our vote and not count our vote. And um, we need to change our representation across the board so we can prevent that from happening and make it easier for people to vote and make sure every single vote is counted. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. I think I think somewhere where, uh, let's see, gotta get my camera back on. Somewhere that uh, where voting is going to be. Did my camera die? Is that what happened? Yeah, okay. Change, no change no worries. I got to change my battery pack. Letters. Give me a second. I got I, you guys. We, Let me, we, uh, know. We, we see a big letter saying change your battery pack. There you pack, go. So. We'll get the battery pack changed. We'll, once, we'll get it changed. Once we, have, uh, once we fill, fill out this map, because I think that that's a little bit more important here. So let's go with Florida. Um, what are we thinking for Florida? Uh, mm. Okay, so Florida is my home state, right? Okay. I'm from Tampa. I was there during Gore and Bush. So... I, wow. I, I know. <laughs> so yeah. been, been there, done this before. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I, I, 
knowing the people I know in in Florida, I feel like it could go blue. However, um, there are the villages and, you know, mm -hmm. South Florida, and there's a lot of communities that typically vote Republican. However, there are a lot of Republicans that are voting for Joe, right? Because we know Trump's not really a Republican. So um, I yeah. think Florida, again, is one that I couldn't, I couldn't call just because um, I know I know what happens down there. But luckily, they've got their stuff together this year, so we should have them by the end of the day today. Um, I'll say just knowing that the villages have split over the past couple of weeks, and knowing with everything going on, um, you know, with uh, our immigration policy and you know what what's been happening from a human rights perspective in this country, I'll say blue. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be very, very close. Well, there you go. We'll give yeah. it a light blue. I think, as I said before, uh, with, with another state, I think that Governor Rod DeSantis, if Florida does go blue, has won Biden the election. Because to be honest with you, with comments like God's waiting room is Florida, things like that, not having any COVID-19 restrictions, I think he would have won the senior vote in Florida. As you're seeing across the nation, seniors are going towards Biden because yes. more than anybody, their life is being put at risk. And I think the villages is a perfect example of that. We're seeing a split vote there. Seniors are voting a little bit for Biden. Uh, some, mm -hmm. some, some turnout, some turnout. We saw earlier uh, today, as I was mentioning before, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, and you also have to remember that they voted to allow felons to get their vote back, right? So the people yeah. wanted people to vote. So now those people have their voice back as well. So I think that it's going to make a difference. You know, grandparents want to see their grandkids. Everybody deserves the right to vote. So I think that's going to make the difference, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you on like kind of a tangent note, but in California back in 2018, the House election was contested by the GOP because half of their seats were taken over by Democrats and they blamed the felons. They blamed the undocumented immigrants. That's what Trump did. So do you think we could maybe have something like that happening? And I asked Terry this before, but do you think we could maybe have a contested election by the GOP if uh, it's a you know close race at the very end? Uh, yeah, I do see that happening. Look how hard they're fighting to not let our vote count now. Once it's an overwhelming, you know, hey, this is uh, what happened. I do expect there to be some contests, um, which is why uh, I think that Democrats have turned out in numbers never seen before, because we realized that to do this and to make the changes that we need, we needed like a full on, there's no questions asked landslide. And yeah. so I think if that happens, I think they won't have anything to contest. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of, of uh, well, let's let's talk about South Carolina here, because me and Varun <laughs> had an interesting take on South Carolina uh, before Ted Terry came on the podcast. Um, we think that or I, I agreed. I, I think I agreed with Varun uh, where yeah. it's it's going to be Donald Trump that wins South Carolina. But it's going to be a uh, man again, bad with names. It's going to be the Democratic candidate for the Senate that Jamie wins Harrison. it. Okay. Jamie Harrison. Jamie yes. Harrison. Jamie Harrison that wins the Senate. Yes, I think Lindsey Graham has, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, lost his way. I, I, I don't know. He's gone back on his word so many times. We can't even count it at this point. And his comments about um, black people only, you know, being able to survive in, in the Carolina if they are conservative and women yeah. only if we stick to our religion and our family values, which basically is that we need to be conservative. I think that probably lost him a handful of votes because uh, that's no, no. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 So, and look, he began as a centrist, and now he's completely for Trump. If you well, look at, you know, before before Trump got elected, I think he was much, much more centrist. Even running for president against Trump, he right. came out and he was putting so many comments out there about it. Back in, I guess, 2016, under the Merrick Garland case, he was like, right. if the you know Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee, gets a, a, a situation like that in his last term of office, he would not vote on the candidate. And he went back on his yep. word. So yeah. Lindsey Graham has been a series of hypocrisies in my opinion. Yes. I don't know yeah. what happened on that golfing trip with him and Trump, but it was like from that yeah. point forward, <laughs> he was a different yeah. person, had a different tune. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who, knows, who knows what happened to that golfing trip? Right? Who knows what went through his mind? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with uh, what about let's go to North a little bit. Let's go to North Carolina. Um, North Carolina's deemed here swing state on this on this uh, map. So what do, what do we think is going to happen in North? I know the predictions right now are for North Carolina to go blue as well. Um, I'm not sure, though. I still feel like North Carolina's red. You know, you have your, your central cities and your central locations that are solid blue. Um, but I feel like that's going to be kind of like Florida, where it's going to be extremely close. But to me, they're still a little more red than blue. Yeah, absolutely. we'll see. Let's go yeah. with uh, Maine's we'll second see. district because that's considered a toss-up. Um, I think Maine, uh, Maine's the senatorial race is just my opinion going to be similar to south carolina's um and in, yeah. in, in a candidate losing their ways yes i i agree with you that and uh we have family in maine and i i that's what i think too i think we're gonna have a, a blue senator come out of there i think um the, the words and the actions were not lining up very similar to graham and i think that people will hold her accountable absolutely so for in terms of the second district do we see that as still a toss-up too close to count um, or do we, do we think that that might be le uh, might be leaning blue or red? There you go. I feel like they're probably leaning blue. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. Let's just give all of, <laughs> let's just give all of Maine to. It's a, it's a tough just, election. Uh, Maine, it you know, is, split election. So it is, but remember Maine, Maine, uh, also relies heavily on their coastal industry and, right. uh, Climate change impacts that change your ocean currents and your ocean temperatures are heavily going to impact the community there. And the timber community is also huge there. So, you know, people are going to be worried about those things. And if we're moving forward into a, a climate change future, those are things that people will think about because it's going to impact their livelihoods. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, many of my many of my peers are like, well, it cuts both ways, right, Varun? Because also fracking workers have the same thing happening apparently because of Biden. But I think that it is a fallacy to say Biden would eliminate fracking. I think Biden is very, very kind of conservative centrist in his mm -hmm. approach towards both climate change and fracking. So I yes. think that honestly, in the long term, it's a good thing for oil workers, coal workers, fracking workers, because... For example, the coal industry has been following for the past decade, yes. right? It's not going to stop. I think that right. the way in which we revive that industry and the people within it is by investing in green fuel, green energy. And I think that creating more jobs there is going to be the long-term benefit that many people are neglecting um, if they are subscribed to the propaganda of the GOP in this circumstance. Well, and, and you have to – what I would really like is for – Govern Joe to help the industries make the change. We can't just outright ban fracking because we need, um, yeah. it's a process, right? So I don't think it's about people losing their jobs. It's about retraining and changing and migrating those jobs little by little from fracking 
to green energy, right? So yeah. I don't, it's not losing jobs, it's gaining jobs in the long run. Um, and, and what's disappointing, and we fell behind for the past four years across the nation, is that uh, green energy economy has high paying jobs. It's, it's a huge future. It could really boost our economy. Other countries are doing it and we're falling behind. And I think that Joe has that vision to help us you know, pull back ahead and start making that path forward because that's the future and we have to just, we have to own it, realize it, and start working for it. Yeah, and I think that that's something <laughs> yeah. that um that has switched. You know, these uh, I think they're referred to as the Belt states, right? The the Rust Belt states up here. Yes, is the uh, is the promise to bring back the coal industry was very strong, uh-huh. um, and to revive that coal industry, and we just it just didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, no. there's just it's just a. Uh, because we, we got something similar over here where we had a wall that was supposed to be built and we had some <laughs> coal industries that were supposed to be revived. Remember that. Remember and, that vaccine um, we're supposed and, to yeah, have. Yeah, over, over here we had a vaccine promise somewhere on by-election. Yeah. Um, so just yeah. I think well, a lot of lost promises is what's going to cause yeah. this map to look the way that it does. I do too. And and uh, he did get his wall, but he built it around the White House, right? So, yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's happening, guys. That's happening. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think about Idaho? Idaho, I'm going to go blue with Idaho okay. for a lot yeah. of a lot of the same reasons. Um, I think they've also been hit by the tariffs, and I think that you know the what you know basically we're subsidizing our farmers, right? It's basically uh, we're we're having to pay for them because we've hurt them so bad with the tariffs, and I, I really feel like we're going to go blue there. Yeah, absolutely. And something important to remember for everyone that's listening to this live stream or everyone that's watching this live stream or knows someone that is in the lines, uh, you know, waiting to vote is that this map can only happen if you go and do that. You have to go out and vote and you have to cast your ballots or the only way to prevent this map if you're on the other side is to go out and do the exact same thing. Um, You have to go out and vote. If you want it to be 360, you know, in favor of Trump, you have to go out and make your voices heard. Um, So, so, you know, don't get complacent if you're a Biden supporter and don't lose hope if you're a Trump supporter, because at the end of the day, the number one thing that I think all of us, I think it would be... All of us in this call, because we have stuff happening in Texas and the White House, and the number one thing that we want is America's voice heard. Um, hopefully, right? Some people might argue otherwise, but um, that's that's what we want. We want America's voice to be heard, and and um, the only way that that can happen is if we all go out and vote tonight. It's going to be crucial. Yes, and yeah. our polls are open in Georgia for an hour and a half. As long as you're in line by 7 p.m., you're you're allowed to vote. So. Go now, depending on how far you are away, and vote. And I completely agree with you. I don't care who you're voting for. Our My mom uh, raised me that there are two things you do as an American citizen. You vote and you give blood. And those are the two things that you do to give back and to take uh, ownership of, of our country. And so it doesn't matter who you vote for. It's your voice. It's your chance to make a change and make sure that you're heard and that the things that you care about are considered by our government Uh, because it is supposed to be a government for the people. And that's what we're all here fighting for. So use your vote. It's your superpower. Yes, absolutely. And make your make your voice heard, guys. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's good to kind of discard those labels and become yourself and figure out what you care about the most as an American, uh, figure out what your fellow Americans care about and make that decision based upon what you think, who you think is going to best deliver on those promises. But we can continue, Damon, and kind of look at this electoral map. Yeah, absolutely. I can pull up this uh, electoral map real quick. Uh, once again, let me, let's I see. I think huh? we're almost, we're almost, uh, 
done with it. Oh, we got it. We got it finished. We got it finished. But I let's think we are finished. Let's, Congratulations, guys. Let's give it. Let's give it our. Uh, let's look back on it, right? Because Ted, Ted, Terry, look back at this. Uh, the projection, yeah. obviously, for you guys, it's flipped for the live stream. It's it's uh it's proper. It's the way that it's supposed to be. But the projection here, we have Biden winning three sixty and Trump winning one hundred and seventy eight. Do we think? All right. Yes, go for it. <laughs> let's go. Yes, I'll say that. I'll say yeah. That sounds good to me. Wow. Think, yeah. Yeah. Did you get this, Texas in yeah. there? Texas, Texas, we have is red. Oh, you, with Ooh, Texas we didn't red. ask about that. No, okay. you didn't ask about Texas, but I um, should have asked about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Leave them red. But okay. it's another one sometimes, where sometimes we forget that Texas is a toss up. I know, yeah. and it's 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 the weirdest thing, isn't it, to know that Georgia and Texas are toss up states? Like, Let's it's see what happens if we make Texas crazy times. <laughs> there you go. And then, uh, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's what happens if you make Texas blue. You got three ninety eight to one forty. <laughs> um, you know what? If we if we get that, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna that's... no matter what happens, right? It's just if we if we get Biden in the presidency, I'm just gonna throw a big virtual party. Yes. We're gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I, I think that I think that we um what the last four years have taught us is who we are, right? Um, or who we don't want to be for some people. And I think that this was our opportunity to send our message and our voice loud and clear that we care about each other. We don't want division. We don't want to have a government that rules based on hate and fear. Um, and that we want to come together and, and, and come up with solutions that helps everybody, not just the few. So that's what I'm really hoping is that if nothing else, that we can get back to a point in government where we are working together. And that's the only way we're going to move forward. We can't continue the, the divisiveness, that divisiveness of today and make any changes for the future. So yeah. um, I'm praying that that's the, the biggest thing that comes out of this is that we can start working together for the people again instead of against each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, and you know, for those, uh, for our conservative guests right now, or, you know, conservative viewers that are clenching their teeth, uh, <laughs> watching, looking at this electoral map, we're going to have some conservative correspondence on a little bit later. So uh, the map might look a little bit more favorable for you guys in, in that event. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, I always I always have to remind uh, podcast listeners that I am centrist and that, uh, that I could, I could, you know, be persuaded... <sighs> Uh, you know, to the right. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the political climate right now, there's just absolutely no way that I would celebrate a Trump victory. Um, just because of, you know, the fact that it's just so divisive. Um, but, but you know, nonetheless, I think that we have to remember that whatever happens tomorrow, um, the most important thing is that it is a democratic process. And as long as it's a democratic process, we have to, we have to understand that, you know, the election happened. Um, and that goes, that's just not for, you know, that's not directed at Trump supporters. That's just directed as, you know, us as a, as a union, uh, we, we yeah. have to come together after this, um, despite who wins. Um, I think Simon Anholt made a very good point earlier today on the live stream where it's, it's, uh, it's acknowledging the fact that the government, you know, as much as they might have a say in, in whatever, um, that we are also responsible for ourselves. Yes. We, right. we, there, I look at it as your government officials basically are your employees. The people hire them by voting for them. The people are putting them there to work for us, right? So whatever happens, it's our participation in government that makes government 
do what we want it to do. So that's why going back to your comment earlier, the most important thing anybody can do is just go out and vote today on your Absolutely. heart and what you care about. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, we had a foreign policy expert in Simon N. Holdhan who spoken to presidents, prime ministers, and mayors from across the world earlier today. And he said something along the line of the world is watching because this election determines not only our success, but how we are viewed in the, in the, in the, you know, the eyes of the world, international yes. countries, citizens. So I think that this election defines, number one, uh, the fact that we can rise up to what we were before, the number one nation in the world. But that takes responsibility. It takes a Joe Biden victory, I think, in my perspective. And it also takes a lot beyond that. It takes yes. constant activism. It does not stop here. Just remember that the whole world is watching. We need to make them proud. This is the beginning, right? Even if Joe Biden's elected, all the hard work starts tomorrow or, yeah. you know, once uh, January 21st comes. Yes. Yeah. So keep yeah. your mask on, keep your seatbelts on, and you'll be in for a ride no matter who's elected. And <laughs> when you see Washington, D.C. boarding up. Uh, that's absolutely that breaks my heart. Interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, I've seen I've seen people on social media platforms coming out and saying, you know, I care about international countries, but when I'm scared about going out of my house because I'm in this district tomorrow because of what happens, no matter who wins, it is a it just makes me think that America is not the greatest country in the world. And we have a lot of way, a lot of ways to go, a lot of steps to take, a lot of things to do. And I think that before it was like we ideologically see through things like climate change and things like that. Now we see things like 300 you know, uh, immigrants on the border being separated uh, from their families. We see things uh, like, for example, this violence that's, that's kind of going to ensue, hopefully not, but it may ensue after the election. And just so many visible, tangible things that make us doubt the propriety of this nation. So it's yes. And, and we just have to remember, no matter what side you're on, no matter who ends up winning, we're neighbors and uh, friends and we're family. And, you know, we need to make sure that we remember those things that, you know, we're still human beings and we still um, need to care about each other. You know, so at, at the more basic level, we need to remember who we are, that we are not, you know, our elected officials. We are, we choose our elected officials based on who we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand. It, I don't usually yeah. quote Ted Cruz, but I'm going <laughs> to quote Ted Cruz now back from 2016 when he was a person who, who followed his words and followed what he preached. Um, vote based upon your conscience. Go out when, and make the right yeah. Yes. And vote for Crystal and Zach for your house district representative for District 25. <laughs> um, go out and get out the vote. Vote for Krista. Get her into office for all of us. All right, yes. Krista, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, good luck today. Thank you. And thank you guys for having me. Yep. Absolutely. Hello, 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 everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Politician Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, head on over to www.patreon.com slash Podcast for more exclusive members-only content, special episodes, and merch drops. That is, once again, www.patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm going to make it a jingle when I grow up. It is www.patreon.com slash Podcast. No, I'm just kidding, you guys. Uh, but definitely visit www.politicianpodcast.com. Uh, for more amazing content for myself, Damien, our team, our amazing artwork head, and our sponsors over at Politician. Um, and once again, thank you so much for watching today's episode. Thank you to my co-host, Damien Galvin, for an amazing conversation, my friend. Uh, I do appreciate your input, as always. Um, and that said, have a great rest of your weekend. Chime in for the next episode, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation.